Hey, design thinkers! Welcome to another episode of the show. I am your host Simon Hong, and I am very excited to share an inspiring conversation with Dan Tomlinson, covering all things data analytics, sharing his experience and expertise. So, without further ado, let's go. Dan is currently the Global Digital Analytics Manager at Costa Coffee, working with a number of stakeholders, including UX across the business globally. He is passionate about turning data into action and not just reporting numbers as vanity metrics. Before Costa, he works for a number of big brands, including Homebase, Tesco and Mothercare. He has been in the working world for around 10 years after graduating from the University of Nottingham with a degree in Geography. Started out in web trading, he was responsible for the trading success of categories such as furniture and other big ticket areas and got into digital analytics from there. Outside of work, you usually find Dan either running or walking with his black Labrador, wife and seven-week-old baby. Hey Dan, welcome to the show and I'm very excited to have you on board to talk about data analytics. How are you? Hey Simon, I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on board. Yeah, no, no problem. How's work? Yeah, all good, all good. Just um, I've got myself involved in a um, an Adobe Analytics user group. Okay. So I'm, I'm like the leader for, or the co-leader for the um, Europe and Middle East region, which oh, is quite, it's quite cool, quite exciting. It's a really kind of like big community of about 200 people like <laughs> me learn stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to get my head around what it involves and how I'm going to tackle things oh, yeah, wow. all good thanks how are you yeah good thanks you know uh, work on podcasts do some editing and good for um, you. i mean good good for you for showing the initiative for, um for kick-starting it and following all through it it's great i'm really impressed really appreciate it to start things off out of interest the the degree you took in geography what got you interested in taking that course well, good question. Yeah, I'm having to think quite a long way back now. Um, <laughs> I was I mean, when I was at school. I mean, sounds really corny, but I just really, I really enjoyed the the subject. I am. Um, I wasn't <laughs> before you before you get your gag in. I wasn't really into my colouring in, um, right. but I did. I did just really kind of enjoy the the topics I studied at school. Um, it was quite kind of. Um, it's quite nice using the data for a particular like type of analysis. I obviously did maths and uh, kind of statistics and stuff, but I felt that I was a bit kind of too involved seeing the um, seeing the data kind of used in the geography space. Oh, nice. Quite different to what you do now, so it's, it's always interesting. What got you started in data analytics? Well, my, my first my first role out of out of um, out of university was actually in, in customer service, um, a catalogue company. Um, and I started out kind of working on the phones, so taking customer orders, um, and then kind of got myself into a role that oversaw the, or partly oversaw some of the some of the guys in the contact centre. But that role was great because it let me listen into everything that customers were saying, um, and it was part of my role to kind of take back all that feedback to the marketing and different teams in the business to kind of take action from them. Um, so that that was kind of the the start really. It was it was interpreting customer data to um, to drive positive outcomes um, in different strategies. So yeah, it kind of kind of went from there. From from that point onwards, I got into different roles. I've kind of worked at Tesco, worked at Homebase, Mothercare, and currently at Costa Coffee. Um, but yeah, they 
they all started from that first kind of customer facing role. Yeah, that's excellent. And it crosses paths with UX having that mindset and empathy for, for users to help the improvements. And it's really cool how customer feedback got you on board with data analytics, really. In terms of outside of data analytics, what do you usually do? Um, in terms of kind of outside of um, outside of work, I live I live kind of quite rurally, so you'll usually find me um, out yeah. on, a, on a dog walk. We've got a, a black Labrador. Um, so yeah, he, he needs a lot of exercise. So do that. I'm starting a, a kind of a new sport that I found by accident called Canny Cross, where you basically uh, strap yourself to your dog and, and go running for crazy distances. So um, that's that's something I'm, I'm starting off. Also got a very young family. So um, baby uh, was born kind of nine weeks ago. So that's taken up a lot, lot of, lot of, lot of time. It's, it's an amazing experience. Um, and yeah, other than that, kind of when, when time permits, love traveling. Um, so I spent quite a lot of time when I was younger traveling, um, quite adventurous. So I once kind of traveled around 14 countries around Europe on, on a bike, um, which was, which was awesome, um, an adventure for sure. Oh, wow. Uh, a very busy life indeed. Uh, has things changed now since being a father? Um, I spend a lot more of my time changing nappies than I've done before. Um, it def definitely makes you reflect on um, kind of the work-life balance, definitely. Um, I mean, work's obviously really important, but nothing should be as important as family, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly, regards to uh, travelling, what's your favourite place you've travelled so far? good question um i've been to quite a few places i think it's a bit of a bit of an out there one but one of my favorites was um was actually albania um, oh, wow. okay yeah so it was on this on this kind of crazy cycling trip that we did and we went to all of those kind of eastern european countries and ended up in albania and macedonia and kind of the countries around there are, are so picturesque um some fantastic mountains and they're brilliant because you get away from the kind of the uh, the, the tourist um, the tourist vibe that you have in other kind of more commonly visited places. Um, so yeah, if anyone gets the opportunity to go to that part of the world, I definitely recommend it. Oh, brilliant! I'll definitely check that out. Sounds uh, sounds fabulous. Um, so tell us a bit about the company you work for. Cool. So yeah, so right now I work for Costa Coffee. Um, so Costa Coffee um, has been around for about 50 years now we recently celebrated our 50th birthday um costa coffee is the uk's um favorite coffee shop so you'll, you'll find it on most kind of high streets around around the country and uh, we've also got kind of um drive-through stores and stores in different different formats uh, we were purchased in 2019 by coca-cola um, so as you can imagine, Coca-Cola, kind of the, the size of Coca-Cola, they have big ambitions for, for the cost of brand. Um, so we're now in, I think the latest number is 42. We're now in 42 countries around the world. Um, and my role is one that kind of supports both the UK and the global markets with, um, with their kind of analytics strategy. Yeah, that's nicely put. For the listeners, Dan and myself work at Costa Coffee and the collaboration between UX and data has been uh, really effective. And, and seeing how, how much data we can gather and we have is incredible, as you can imagine. How do projects usually come in for you? So what sort of format? Um, I, I guess there's, there's, a, there's a, 
it's quite difficult to answer because there are different kinds of product projects. There are sometimes kind of projects that you kind of answer there and then, uh, which I'd kind of consider BAU things. So they would be typically just kind of corridor conversations or um, an email or a Slack message. And, and we kind of jump on a call and just figure out what we need to do there and then. Whereas the bigger projects um, tend to tends to kind of go through a few different stages. Um, so initially we will um, we will request, well, I will request on behalf of my team um, kind of an email, a formal email dropped to the, the inbox uh, that we've got. Reason being, we can make sure that myself and the rest of the team can give kind of a full response to, to the question. Um, so I obviously focus on digital analytics. I also work with a kind of a consumer analytics function and a data science function mm-hmm. so um, making sure that everybody is aware of what the project is and what the what the brief is um, make sure that we can give a kind of a full um, accurate and useful set of analysis that makes sense basically so a lot of uh, collaboration involved it sounds like can you tell us one thing you're currently working on at the moment um guess there's there's one kind of really big project that we're working on which is all around kind of linking together our digital data so how people engage with our kind of app and web um be it what what features they use um what pages they browse all that kind of um digital analytics data we're trying to link all of that to our broader database um which has a whole load of opportunity around kind of personalization etc um, so that's that's a really big project that's ongoing at the moment. Um, other than that, one of my big passions and something that I, I do every day is kind of optimization. Um, so I'm, I'm leading an optimization work stream, which is ultimately kind of turning data into opportunity and then kind of pursuing um, strategies, be they A-B tests or um, simply just doing stuff that we haven't done before and, and, and following its progress. Um, but yeah, optimization is is a big a big thing that I'm working on at the moment. Yeah, I love that. that that's pretty cool. Um, I loved it how you said uh, leading the optimization, especially from like a, a UX perspective as well. So we work quite closely together um, with data to reach that uh, reach the same outcomes. So having that same vision and goal, um, if you know what I mean, that's pretty cool. I guess I guess kind of just just to build on on that optimization topic. Um, Part of my role is to try and encourage the the business to have more of a kind of a test and learn mentality. Um, so basically, not not be afraid to try try things if they don't work. So what you kind of learn a lesson, you can always you can always turn things turn things off. Um, but yeah, just kind of driving that mentality of, of being brave and, and testing new stuff is something I'm I'm working on as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I see that already from working with you. So could you walk us through the steps of your most recent project? Sure. So I guess the, the, the first step without kind of, I guess what I'm about to say isn't necessarily linked to a, a specific project. It's more just generic to, um, to, to projects in general. Um, but typically I will kind of, I'll request a, a kickoff meeting with all the key stakeholders. Um, purpose of that meeting would be to ultimately kind of get a, a full list of requirements and expectations of, of the project. Following that, um, 
I'll kind of invest time with the more technical people around the business. So typically they're in the IT team um, and I'll spend a lot of time with them kind of on the on the implementation side of, of what, what we're trying to do. Um, next step would be to kind of agree what the, agree kind of between the business and, and the IT guys and, and myself, agree what the, the KPIs are going to be for whatever the project is. Um, and once those kind of KPIs have been been agreed, it's simply a case of, I guess, the easy part, just simply going live um, and tracking things in, in as near real time as possible um, and reacting to the data when when you can. Um, and then typically maybe a month after something's gone live, um, we'll kind of look back at all the data and turn that data in, into trends um, and flag kind of customer frustrations or um, suggested opportunity um, optimizations that, that we might might have picked up in the in the data from a few weeks. Yeah, that's terrific. It's really insightful to to see your process and understanding how the the data world works. And I love how you've mentioned about looking at the trends and trying to turn frustrations into opportunities. So that's definitely uh, super cool. Uh, what are the problems that you encounter while performing data analysis? Um, I think one of the, the, the biggest problems that isn't exclusive to any one business, it's just a, um, it, it, it's, it's an issue, I guess, the, the bigger the business, the, the more complex it gets, but communication, um, so communication or lack of communication between the different teams can often be a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's really important to have weekly or even daily in a in a kind of a project scenario uh, forums where everyone is sharing what they're working on because um, often people can especially when we're all working remotely or more of us are working remotely people can be working in, in silos and whatever they're working on might not um, kind of um, be shared with, with, with the wider project team so communication is definitely a challenge um, and then I guess another big one is all around the um, the data matching up between the different systems that we use. Um, so for a variety of reasons, for example, cookies, um, if, if users don't accept cookies on, on a web visit, they, they won't be tracked. Um, that will that will have an impact on systems kind of matching each other. That can, that can lead to a lot of awkward conversations with the, the likes of finance, et cetera. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and when you say data not matching up, how do you get around that challenge? Um, I, I guess the, the the only way to get around it really is to is to caveat whatever you're doing with with the reasons why the data won't match up. So it's never it's never kind of a, an issue as, as to why the, the the numbers don't match. It's more just just the way it is. So yeah, I think it's just just important to to use your caveats and, and make sure that people understand what what the data is and and why it's different to another system. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, regards to the communication, as you've just talked about, um, this is really fantastic. As I've mentioned this in the first episode, um, that communication is key in UX design. So knowing that communication in um, data analytics can also be challenging, I can definitely uh, resonate with. What is the most challenging part of your role then? Um, I guess we, we just just touch on communication. That that's that's always always yeah. a challenge. Um, other than that, I guess I guess my biggest challenge at the moment is around prioritisation. Um, so as I'm sure you can you can imagine with with 42 countries around the world, each wanting 
each market wanting different things um, and the UK market where we get kind of more than more than two million visits a week sometimes on our app that there's a lot of a lot of demands on, on my time um, people want me to do do lots of different things at the same time so having a view of what the most important things are um, is is often a challenge and I guess the other one is around um, sharing insights in an effective way so I I kind of often myself find myself swamped in, in data. There's, there's so much of it. Um, the, the art is to turn that data into, um, into a set of analysis or insights that are relevant to the audience. So yeah, so sometimes you'll be talking to a more technical audience. So your, your presentation or whatever it is you're talking about might be different to a presentation to a team of directors, for example, that want more kind of top level um, highlights. So yeah, having that having that ability to uh, turn the the raw data into a presentation that is suitable for the audience is a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to go into your first point in terms of prioritization. Um, yeah, I, I totally can imagine how difficult that can be, especially from your perspective, just managing so many um, sites internationally. And um, yeah, to, to your last point as well, I can imagine presenting data in a visual way. So it's easy for everyone to digest, can be extremely challenging as well as um, as you're trying to interpret the data in a one size fits all, right? Absolutely. I think I think something that I'm trying to kind of drive more and more of in, in the business I'm, I'm, I'm at at the moment is, is, is around kind of self-serve. Um, so getting people in the business to a point where they're confident enough that they, they feel they can log into the various tools themselves and know where to go and know which dashboards to look at and know what the metrics mean. Because I think when 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 any business is in is in that position, um, you kind of um, you don't have to worry so much about personally sharing the insights because they're able to get, get the information themselves. Yeah, that's fantastic. Just amazing how, how you just said that, like just being proactive as well get everyone on board and I'm sure everyone is on board and really interested about that. What does collaboration look like at the moment at Costa? Um I guess I guess I just hinted at, at one a one one aspect and that's around kind of um investing I guess me investing time in training to to encourage all of our various team members and stakeholders to to self-serve. So once everyone is able to self-serve, they, they can then collaborate collectively on, on anything analytics. Yeah. I guess, sorry, go ahead, Simon. Uh, no, go for it. I, guess, I was just going to say as well, kind of collaboration across teams on kind of big projects is, um, is definitely a, um, a key theme at the moment. So I mentioned earlier the, uh, the kind of the, the project where we're trying to connect digital data with, with other data. Um, that involves an enormous amount of collaboration, not just within Costa, but kind of broader across uh, various partners and suppliers that, that we work with. So um, we use uh, Adobe Analytics. Uh, so we're kind of relying on a lot of Adobe specialists for, for information in their fields. Um, and then we're trying to kind of work with other partners downstream to to make everything work seamlessly with, with each other. So yeah, collaboration is is key there. 
definitely i totally agree that's pretty awesome as well as you've uh, also taken me through um, data analytics um, the tools which has enabled me to obtain the relevant data to inform decisions and data-driven designs so it's really encouraging that you do that and i hope more companies do the same because you know knowledge is power right absolutely absolutely but i guess i guess on the flip side you've got to get to a um, you've got to find a happy medium because I, I do believe that sometimes too much knowledge can be um, sometimes dis- destructive. Um, I guess you can you can overanalyze things sometimes and find yourself down a bit of a bit of a rabbit warren and feeling more lost at the end than when you started. So yeah, I think I, I completely agree. Knowledge is power, and it's it's essential for any business to be successful to make decisions off data. And knowledge um but i think it's really important to have an idea of what you're trying to answer first before going into the data if that makes sense absolutely yeah uh, for me i just look for enough for me to just dip into data and get what i need rather than learning everything because obviously there's only a certain amount of things you can do as a designer um so yeah totally agree with what you just said there in UX design, uh, UXs are able to look for inspiration. Is there anything equivalent in the data world where you can go and look for inspiration? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few different kind of things that I, I, I do. So um, mm-hmm. I mentioned at the, at the top of the podcast, I've, I've got a dog and I'm often out on dog walks. So I, I try to use that time to um, sometimes switch off from work completely, but sometimes listen to a, to a podcast. Um, so podcasts are, are great as kind of ways to to learn about trending topics or um, just interesting things and, and things nice. that you might not be familiar with on a day to day basis in your in your role. Um, also, conferences are, are brilliant. Um, obviously, you need to pick the right one for you. Um, but I went to one a couple of weeks ago all around kind of um, how you can use data to drive better UX which was super useful, not just for uh, the content during the day itself, but also having the opportunity to talk to other retailers who kind of got similar business challenges and, and understanding how, they, how they've gone about tackling them. Yeah. Um, reading as well. So I don't have a lot of time at the moment with, a, with an eight-week-old, but um, <laughs> I, try, I try to dip in and out of books when I can. So I'm reading one at the moment actually called um, Empowered by Data, um, it's kind of all around how to build an inspired analytics community across a business. Um, so that's that's quite interesting. Um, and another one kind of all around kind of people skills for analytical thinkers. So, yeah, how do you um, how do you sometimes think outside of the, the numbers and turn those numbers into into uh, statements and conversations that resonate with different people? Brilliant. This is uh, super useful. I'll check out those books as well. Um, yeah, this is really fantastic. In terms of um, podcasts, uh, what are you currently listening to? Of course, you you enjoy listening to the Diary of Design Thinking, right? So. Oh, of course. Yeah, that, that's always, uh, <laughs> always the first one on my list to listen to. Um, but after that, um, one I listen to at the moment is um, Wired. It's really it's really good. It's not it's quite refreshing to listen to when you've kind of been working around data all day long. It's quite nice to have something that's not solely focused on on data analytics so it gives you a good read on kind of trends that are that are in the markets um and i mean i was listening to one the other day all around kind of facebook and their rebranding to to meta and how that 
how that might impact the the future of their brands. So it's not necessarily a data analytics podcast, but it is good for just opening your eyes to the to the broader world outside of, of data. Really interesting. I'm really curious about this one. What are the important responsibilities of a data analyst? Okay, yeah. So good question. So I think um I think one of the biggest biggest responsibilities is to make sure that kind of the decision makers and key stakeholders around the business have always got a finger on the pulse. Um, so they need kind of accurate information in the kind of near real time. Um, so they can have a, a proper view of exactly what's going, going on. Um, and I guess build, building on that, a data analyst, in my opinion, their, their role shouldn't just be about sending data and then kind of wiping your hands of it and moving on i think it should be around yes doing the analysis and sending the data but then working with the stakeholders on um on the what next so turning that that data into a into a plan be it an optimization be it an, an ab test but basically not just sitting on information but driving forward an agenda off the information um and then I guess another another big responsibility is around kind of being that that filter. So making sure that you're kind of making sense of what the data means. Um, and yeah, I guess it links to the point I just made around kind of um, yeah, turning the turn the data into insight and then opportunity and, and action. And then finally, and probably most importantly, um, it's being simply being the voice of the customer. So um, I have access to a, a few different tools that give either numbers behind customer frustrations or things they find great or kind of verbatim and kind of um, feedback on, on what, 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 they're, what they're loving or hating. So, yeah, being that voice of the customer and, and sharing with the right people is, is really important. Yeah, that's fascinating. Really good points that you've made, there, especially uh, to the last point um, about knowing you know, the, the users, the customers' frustrations and the pain points when presenting the evidence um, and how we can then take that information to improve the experience and the users' uh, users' lives for the better. So that's really, really great to know. Yeah. Um, how about the key requirements of uh, for becoming a data analyst? So I, I'd say that there isn't necessarily like a specific kind of education or background that, that you need i mean look at me I, I, did, I did geography university and there's no kind of um direct link between a geography degree and a um a data analyst career but i think i think as long as you've got kind of um a curious mind and you're um not kind of overwhelmed by numbers and you can look at numbers and kind of turn them into trends um that's really important but i think probably the most important kind of requirement or skill is uh, communication so being able to mm -hmm. tailor your insights for the right audience and kind of take take the audience on on the journey that, that you want them to go with you on um really important yeah brilliant that's a really awesome uh, takeaway really valuable especially around having that curious mind and, and the communication skills within data so to the listeners who are aspiring to uh, becoming a data analyst um, basically stay focused and stay curious just like what dan said absolutely and um, yeah don't don't sit on don't sit on what you know try and kind of shout about it to, to the business and make a pain of yourself <laughs> yeah fantastic great advice uh, what are the best tools used for data analysis? 
I think to have a successful data analytics kind of um, strategy, you need to have a good blend of both numbers and more qualitative insights. Um, some of the big kind of players out there in the market are kind of like Adobe or Google, so Adobe Analytics and Google Analytics. They kind of offer the, um, the best in class analytics tools out there that give you a really good view of um, exactly what people are doing, so what they what they engage with, etc. But then I think equally important are kind of more of the the softer qualitative tools on, on the market. Um, so we, we use a few at Costa, um, kind of hot, hot jar is one of them. So it gives you the ability to kind of serve feedback um, questionnaires to to users and get some really helpful um, information off the back of. Um, and kind of session replay and heat mapping capabilities are all, are all bundled up in those kind of tools. So having that softer analytics alongside the, the raw numbers is, is a really good starting point. And then I think the third kind of piece of the jigsaw is having um, some kind of A-B testing tool. Um, so it might be um, Google Optimize, kind of A-B Tasty, Adobe Target, they're all, they're all options. There's, there's lots of them out there. But having some mechanism where you can take your ideas into, into an AV, a simple AV test, or you could be more advanced and do an MVT or um, start introducing segmentation strategies. But having something in place that you can start testing with is, is key. Yeah, that's great stuff. And love how you started off with blend of quant and qual numbers. Uh, what's your favorite tool to use at the moment then? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Adobe Experience Cloud. Um, so within that Experience Cloud, you have a suite of products. Um, currently, we're heavily using Analytics and Target, but there's all sorts of other tools that all kind of talk to each other. So um, you've got like um, a CRM um, capability, you've got um, experience management, personalization tools, um you've got loads and loads of different options but yeah the adobe um stack under the kind of the experience cloud brand is is great oh fantastic and for aspiring listeners who wants to be a data analyst what tools do you recommend that they should pick up first i i spent the the, the first few years of my career in in google um so google analytics and I'd say that's a really great tool to get started with, not least because you can you can use it for free. Um, so you can you spend a lot of money and buy the the premium version, but they also have a free version. So it's really it's really intuitive and it gives you a, a good grounding and all the different principles in in the analytics world that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. Google are also really good at kind of encouraging um, a community of analysts to. Um, teach themselves so they have um, an exam you can do called the GAIQ exam which okay. I recommend anyone looks into um, again it's free um, and you can do some uh, do some kind of training um, on some on some um, on some online courses that they offer you and then take the exam at the end and get a get a qualification that lasts for I think a, a couple of years um, so yeah I'd, I'd, I'd recommend Google Analytics is a really great starting point That's fantastic. Great advice. Is there one key advice you would give to the listeners? 
one key advice um, or in, ter in, in terms of how to start out or? Yeah, in terms of how to start out. Um, I guess, I guess if, if you're at all interested, then just, uh, just try and try and take up any opportunities there are to, to teach yourself what, what the tools are um, and how they can be useful. So I mentioned the GAIQ exam. Um, there's also, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know whether the businesses that, that everyone's listening works for have tools like Adobe and Google, but if, if they do, they, they will offer training of their own. So try and use as much of that training resource out there as possible. There's also some great stuff on, on YouTube and um, kind of forums and lot, lots of stuff online you can find. But yeah, definitely try and upskill yourself with the resources you have available to you. Um, and just be just be curious and, and don't be afraid to um, put forward an idea because in my opinion, no idea is a bad idea, especially when you have a, a, a tool like um, AB Tasty or Target where you can do some testing because there's no point in testing something um, if you know the answer before you do it, right? Mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to test something and make some mistakes so that you can take some learnings and not do them in the future. So yeah, just just be constantly curious and keep knocking on doors. Um, and when you kind of get frustrated with stakeholders or the business or whatever, just just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be my advice. Great advice and really inspiring as well. Cheers. And on to the last question, then, how can we uh, connect with you? Um, so LinkedIn is probably probably the, the the easiest and best way. So if you just search for for my name, it's it's Daniel Tomlinson. I work at Costa Coffee. Um, you should be able to find me and, and feel free to reach out on there. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way. Fantastic. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Dan, for an awesome session today, uh, sharing your experience. And it's, it's a very inspiring. I'm sure the listeners will be able to get a lot out of this episode and to apply it in their work with a focus on collaborating effectively as a team to use data to, um, to drive business and customer goals, because I certainly have learned so much. So... Uh, again, thank you for your time, Dan. No worries at all. It's a pleasure to, pleasure to speak with you. Cheers. Cool. I'll speak to you soon then. Thanks, Dan. No worries. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye. Well, another fantastic session with Dan sharing his expertise. He's very talented, passionate and inspiring indeed. If you have enjoyed the show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can give this show more visibility to, to inspire more designers. And lastly, I'd love to connect with you and any ideas for the show are more than welcome. Until next time, let's get inspired and stay curious, folks.